Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources, therapy, 12-step recovery, and life lessons of long-term sobriety. To contact us, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Hi, everybody. This is MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell, and together we are Sober Sisters Talk. Welcome. So now you get to listen to us talk. <laughs> get ready. This is the ultimate, like, narcissistic thing to do, don't you think? Like, have a podcast? So I get to talk, and everybody listens to me. <laughs> and and they don't get to interrupt, you know? That's exactly. even better. I get to talk about what I think is important. Yeah. So, all right. So it is uh, February 26th, and um, we made it through a week um, after the freeze. Houston, MG and I both live in Houston, and it was, you know, it was incredible, right? Yeah. That, Tell me a little bit about your experience really quick, because I didn't, I haven't really talked to you. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I knew it was going to be bad, so I talked to my boss and said, hey, listen, what's the plan for Monday or Tuesday? He goes, we'll just take it as, you know, it comes. I'm like, okay, that's not very helpful, but uh, fine. So, uh, to the OCD person who wants to have everything all right, together. right, 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 right. You know, the control freak. I, I no, raise my hand. You know, yeah. And um, but you know what kind of complicated things for me was on Saturday before the ice storm, I had gotten my vaccine from the VA, so I was really excited about that. It was uh, I found out through my doctor that they were doing like a walk-in clinic, and so. She said, just show up. So I was there like the crack of dawn. Like I got, got there at 6.30 in the morning and I was second in line. So I got my vaccine on Saturday and um, and then we'd had our work, workshop Saturday, which was a really great experience. And for those of our listeners who didn't attend, we're going to be doing them quarterly here in Houston through Intergroup. They're going to just have a standard. We're going to be able to advertise them once a quarter. We're going to have a, a intergroup workshop. And so I was, uh, I'd gone to that. And so usually, even though I'm not one, I, even though I was part of one of the panels, it's still kind of an exhausting thing when, when we put those on. And uh, so I did that on Saturday. And then Sunday I had planned for downtime around all that. But then I felt crappy on Sunday. I had like soreness in my arm, I had fatigue, I had a headache, so I just had, I wasn't motivated to do anything, so I didn't, I just like stayed on the couch, and so people were talking about the winter storm, and um, you know, I don't, I'm not from a cold place or whatever, I've always been in the south, and 
you know, Elizabeth, you had such good advice about, you know, going out to your front power main, and power water thing, shutting it down, draining your faucets, which is what she did, listeners, and she was fine. But uh, so Saturday, you know, so Sunday night I go to bed, and then my power goes off at like a 4 a.m. And I heard it go off, and, and I figured that's what the time was. I didn't actually look at my clock or anything. But it was warm enough, and I had blankets enough. But around 8 a.m., I woke up, and it was, like, cold, cold. So I was like, I've got to put on more clothes and do everything. And so I still had battery on my phone, and and I looked, and, you know, people were saying, yeah, the power's not going to come back on right away. That's what they're saying. And so I was like, oh, that's not good. So, uh I just like, you know, found out that we weren't going to go to work and that was fine. And so I got up and thankfully I had gas on my stove. So I had like a a gas where I could make some coffee and, you know, and I uh, ate a little bit of stuff and, you know, there was no power, so there's no TV. And uh, I had like a charger in my car to keep my phone charged. So, you know, I kind of just like, played on my phone a little bit you know but then I couldn't really get internet or so it was like I'm just going back to bed so I went back to bed and I kind of slept through most of it thinking that at any moment the power's going to come back on and the power didn't come back on that night until probably the next morning until like 2 a.m. so it was like almost uh, 24 hours with no heat and uh, the roads were iced over. We were totally frozen in. And, uh, you know, friends were like, come over. I'm like, I can't come over. I'm snowed in. So then uh, the power stayed on for about eight hours. And uh, I got up the next morning thinking that was it. But then the power went off around nine. And uh, once again, you kept waiting for it to come back on. And it didn't. And, uh, so it was, uh, it was a cold three days and the worst part was on Wednesday when things started warming up, that's when the pipe in my kitchen burst. And so the water came and I just, I had tile in the bottom of my apartment, but the, but the pipe burst. And so it, you know, everything was wet. And so by the time I figured that out and got out to the front yard to turn off the uh, water, you know, my carpet, my, you know, uh, you know, rug that I had down was soaked and thankfully it didn't get to my computer, but everything else was uh, pretty wet, but not very bad. So I, um, but I got freaked out and I decided that I would, um, leave. And I tried to get my brother and my sister to find a place for me because I couldn't do internet. I tried to bug out, I packed up my house, I packed up the cat, my sister found a place in uh, North Houston, and uh, so I was like, I was like 18 miles away, and I got in, and I was driving, and my brother called me on the phone, and he said, I said, can I call, can I talk to you when I get there? He said, no, stop the car right now. What? And I'm like, okay. He said, your sister is sending you to the worst hotel in Houston. It has bed bugs, roaches on the walls, 
That's why they have availability. Do not go to this place. It's like, oh my God. So it turned, wasn't the one over here by me, was it? <laughs> it might have been. It was like no, but it was like it was like north northeast Houston up by Tomball. Oh, so, you know, I was like, okay. So I turned around. I came back home. The cat was crying the whole time. He had a little accident in his carrier. It was hell. So I get back home and, you know, I get him out and get him into my freezing cold house, right? And I tried to turn on those burners in the stove. And my brother said, stop it. You're going to kill yourself with carbon monoxide poisoning. So I didn't do that. So I brought the cat back in and then... Um, I texted my friend Ginger, who lives over in the Heights, and I was telling her what's going on. She goes, bring that cat over here. Bring her right now. Bring him right now. Bring him. And I'm like, you've got a cat. She goes, I don't care. Bring him. So the cat was inside by this time, and I didn't want to put him back in the carrier, and he was standing there. And I said, Kitty, do you want to go with me to Ginger's, or do you want to stay in this cold house? He was standing, and he just, like, sat down. Like, I'm, I'm sitting my ass down here. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm going to go. So I drove over to Ginger's, and right when I got to Ginger's, my brother called. He goes, I found a place. He goes, it's clean. It's good. It's over in Rice U. Do you know what that is? I'm like, yeah, I know where that's at. West U, West University. So I was like, okay. So I got to Ginger's, and I told her, I said, I can't stay. She goes, I just cleaned my house. What are you saying? What do you mean? Come on in. Have a glass of tea. So I stopped and I had a cup of tea, and that was the beautiful part of it, Elizabeth, because I haven't seen my friend Ginger in a long time since I've been ill, and I can't remember the last time I've been in someone's kitchen, sitting down, having a cup of tea, right? And uh, and she's one of my dearest and oldest friends, and um, she just calmed me down. She was just like, as long as I have a place to stay, so do you. And you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And uh, and I just felt loved. And I felt nurtured. And so I left there. And I went to this other hotel. And they had just gotten power. And they said, I can't check you in. I don't have computers. So I'm like, well, fuck, man. So i like, well, I guess I'm going back home. So I went back home. And as I turned the corner, I noticed that I had power. It had come back on probably around like 7 p.m. And because it was it was off when I got there to, to deliver the cat, and I was at Ginger's for about an hour. So I got in, and, you know, it was still very cold, but, you know, it was heating up. And, you know, the thought that came to mind, you know, don't give up five minutes before the miracle. And this too shall pass. And I didn't lose power again after that. So... You know, I was probably without power for a total of maybe, I don't know, 36 hours or something. But, you know, I feel like, you know, we're very spoiled. And I felt, uh, in a way, um, silly because I felt like I overreacted. And then as, like, the time progressed... I just really felt like uh, I couldn't concentrate. I was weepy. And um, and so then I was reading these articles that people were posting about, like, you know, trauma. That when we don't know what's going on and there's like, I mean, because listeners, it was cold. It was down to like nine degrees Fahrenheit. It was very cold. So I got okay. I'm getting okay. You know, it's been a week now. And... Uh, 
my house has been my got my water back. We had plumber, a plumber whole debacle. I don't want to go into the plumber thing, but I finally got water back on Wednesday, and I'm putting my house back together. My kitty is happy as a clam. He's he's okay, and I am too. And you know the phrase that really helped me get through this was this too shall pass, whatever it is. So that's my story. And tell me about yours. How are you? How was your family? Well, my family, everybody was fine in Sugarland. They never lost power, so they were good. Samantha went to stay with her boyfriend, and um, he did not lose power until Wednesday when you and I got power back. That's when I lost power Monday, no, Tuesday morning about 2 a.m., and then um, got it back Wednesday night. I spent the night Tuesday at the Chronicle, slept on the floor with the dog. And I had a couple of things that I learned from it, though, that I wanted to share. And one, the first one was when I lost power Monday night, I have a neighbor that lives across the street. We're not, we don't hang out a lot, but whenever there's, you know, when Harvey came and when Ike came and when there's the floods come that 4th of July, I'm like, you okay? And she's a single mom. She's about my age. And she's got a house full over there. Like, she's got some adult kids living with her. And, um, you know, is a lot less mobile than I am. And um, so I, she said, yeah, it was like 5 a.m. I was when I woke up uh, Tuesday morning. And it was like 5 a.m. and um, Or Monday morning, I guess. And... Um, she said, yeah, just cold. So that started this sort of like touchstone messaging and just, hey, where are you? Are you okay? And um, at one point on Tuesday night, I woke up um, Wednesday morning and looked at my phone and she had sent me a text message and said, the power is on. And I texted her just one word still with a question mark. And she said, no, it had got, it was only on for about four hours. She said, but um right before it came back on i was so cold and i was starting to get a headache and i was starting to not feel good and i thought i had this thought like i don't know how much longer my body can take this and i just like it helped me so much to hear that because i thought you know she doesn't have options i do i'm not there yeah i don't i had a lot of the same emotions that you did um you know uh, waking up at my at my place of employment and sleeping on the floor on an air mattress I was you know I should have just stayed home you know but it, I it was cold here it was like 41 degrees when I got home on Wednesday so then uh the other lesson that I learned was the dog Cause you were going to be uncomfortable wherever you were whether you were at work on an air mattress uncomfortable at home in the cold uncomfortable but you had a baby, you had a dog. And the dog does limit my mobility because she doesn't get along with other dogs. And so, but, so I drug the air mattress. I put it in one of the offices cause I wanted to be able to shut the door and sleep, you know, without people coming in or whatever. And um, I brought her bed and put it next to mine. That bitch never even got in her bed. So, and that was the other thing is, is like, we're sharing body heat. like. I had one blanket and my pillow and then my wool coat 
But I was warm because that dog, like, she curled up right here. Same here. This little kitty was All like. All night. This it little was kitty like, was right by me. Yes. It was like my savior. And it's like she taught me, like, like that's share body heat. And we stayed warm together and I could sleep. I fell asleep. You know, I did not wake up thinking, feeling hungover because I didn't get any sleep, you know. Yeah. So having that person really, really helped me. Um but I'll tell you, I did feel very alone. You know, I, Justin, my, my oldest kept checking and said, you can come here, you can bring the dog. We'll work it out. You know? And I know I could have, but we would have done something, but I didn't want to deal with that chaos, you know? And exactly. I really, I love what you shared when we talked last week about this too shall pass because it doesn't feel like it when you're in it. No. Looking back, both of us, it wasn't that long. You know, I was a, without power for about 40 hours but and so were you but it, it wasn't that long it was one night I was displaced one night but I felt like a nomad I didn't I didn't know where to go I was like I don't, I don't right and luckily Samantha said you can go stay in my place it has power so I went there for a little while and I warmed up and then when my power went on I went home and then her power went off you know <laughs> it was just it was right right but you know, I do. I love that it. So I wanted to share something else about the, this too shall pass a correlation to it because so I started dating and um, I've been seeing somebody that I really like and it it's a big, big desert in between the last person in this person and I have a new um sponsor and you know she's asking me a lot of questions about like well haven't you done this or that or you know and it's like there's a, no and um I just wanted to share because I wanted to encourage anybody who's it's been um 2006 since I have had sex and been in a relationship, you know, with the guy. And I'm not in a relationship with this person yet, but um, I'm ready, you know. And I just wanted to encourage the listener that it, even if it seems like it's really, really long, it's not forever, you know. It does pass. And that the other thing that you said about the emotional ICU, you want to mention that a little bit? Yeah, there's this woman who has a fantastic podcast called Vicki Tidwell Palmer, and it's called Beyond Bitchy, and it's about learning how to set boundaries. She's on Spotify, so just Google Beyond Bitchy podcast, and you'll find her. And uh, a friend of mine went to her, um, she had like a workshop last week, and, uh, and it, you know, Vicki Tibble Parker talked about um, boundaries and about uh, what you do when you are in, uh, like, a traumatic situation. And that is to put yourself in an emotional ICU, emotional intensive care. Uh, and so I did, and one of the things that I had to do was to set boundaries with my family because 
they wanted to have a play-by-play -play update. How was I? My sister wanted to FaceTime me every day. And after, you know, power was restored, even though I didn't have water, you know, I'm having to hump and tote water from the water main. You know, it was like it wasn't easy. And that was just hard enough. I didn't really need... I would, you know, text them, hey, you know, I'm fine, you know, here's an update, but I couldn't talk to them, and I just, I just, you know, said, listen, let me check in with you tomorrow, because I thought maybe I'll feel better tomorrow, so a piece of it was, I didn't really feel like processing it with my family, however, there was a recovery sister who, she and I did similar to what you did with your neighbor, where we checked in with each other, and I was able to tell her, you know, I'm feeling a little crazy. And, you know, she was able to talk to me about her stuff. And, you know, we both had angels. My coworker on Thursday said, listen, come over to my house. It's Sue, the woman with the printer. She was like, I have hot water. Come over. She was actually at work because we had power and internet. She didn't have internet at her house. So I went over to her house and I had a wonderful hot bath. I did a tiny load of laundry. She said, there's plenty of food in the cupboard. Help yourself. I had some snacks. And, um, you know, I bought her some. She loves hydrangeas. So I went to Trader Joe's and bought her some hydrangeas and took her some hydrangeas. And so me and my other recovery sister were talking about, like, you know, all these people that had come to our aid. And she made her neighbor who helped her, uh, you know, and made him like a dessert, a lovely dessert. And so, you know, it was lovely having her there, like, to, to bounce that off of. And so I could process with someone who was kind of going through it with me. You know what I mean? So, but n not with my family. And I just had to get off social media because I couldn't hear any more about, like, you know, how Texas was responding. So I just, uh, I just, you know, paused. I really, you know, paused when agitated. That's another one that I used. That's a really good one, too. And I think, you know, I love I for me, I went to gratitude and I just was like being really grateful for where I was that I did have, you know, even though, um, you know, the Chronicle went in and out of power, um, it was not freezing cold. You know, I was sleeping <laughs> air mattress with my dog um, on the floor, but. Um, you know, I'm grateful that I have a, I have a, a space like that, you know, and that I had just other people that were there for me. And I love that emotional intensive care because I, I noticed how I, I felt, um, nomadic, like homeless and it didn't, it doesn't coincide with my, my value system or who I am or, you know it just does not coincide with my current lifestyle. And so it, it really helped me just to recognize it and then to do what I needed to do to take care of that, you know? And, um, there's other things, you know, like I, I took good food with me. Um, I too have a gas stove so I could make coffee. That was really, that made me feel really good that I could do that. Um, you know, I, I also noticed like, I love that you allowed other people to do things for you because I needed to do things for people as well. And I was able to show up for some kids at work and, you know, Hey, 
you know, go get those snacks and you guys can have those or whatever, you know, do either of you need coffee, you know, here's some coffee, you know, just things like that. And just making, making sure that other people are cared for as well. Yeah. And, and part, a piece of it that also helped me was, you know, I work with some people over the weekend, my sponsees, and I was like, I'm going to keep those appointments. And, and I did. And working with others, listeners, working with others helps me take me out of my SHIT. I'll just say it, my shit. And it is the best. Right. You know, it's just like I said, like listening to my neighbor, she was like, you know, I know what that feels like when you feel overwhelmed by what's, you know, the bodily stuff you're, you know, I remember being really sick and feeling like I didn't know, you know, if I was going to survive. I was just like, I don't know. And I know what that feels like emotionally. And I was just, it was such an important message to me to go, you know, I'm not there. Yeah. I'm not there. Yeah. Conversely, I felt really good last week health-wise. And I think that that's like, you know, my process of convalescing and taking care of myself really helped me because then I was able to kind of move and get up and be active and, and try to do for myself. So I was able to feel good enough to, you know, make it through that. But what I noticed is this week, like being really tired when I come home from work. And so I'm just like, I'm tired. I just like, this is it. I'm not gonna, no, you're not tired. Get up and do this in my head, you know? <laughs> you gotta muscle through, push yourself. Yeah. That's such a, a mother thing, uh, my mother's voice. So I didn't do that. And, you know, here we are today. And I feel in a way that uh, I've learned more about myself in terms of my resilience. So, you know, what I found is that I, having that moment with Ginger, where I had that connection with someone who loved me and who was, you know, because she did have power, so it was warm, we had hot tea, and just getting a reminder about that I'm okay uh, was what I needed to calm down and have like a, you know, a little bit more of a sober response, so. Well, I want to, I did, I, I'm thought this when you were talking about it like the interactions with our family sometimes it's not the best um you know people to go to for support you know i'm really i i I think about what's going on like if i have an issue with a um, one of my kids i don't call somebody who doesn't have any adult children you know (laughs) i call people who do and i'm you know i had to be connected to somebody who was here in it and not like, well, you just need to get out of there or, you know, can't you move or, you know, something like that. I didn't want that. You know, I wanted to have, um, the person that was going through it, you know, as well. Well, and that's, that's why our fellowship works, Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. because you and I have had very traumatic sex and love addict relationships And we've made it through. And because I was able to see you make it through, I was like, well, if Elizabeth can do it, so can I. 
Right. And when I made it, you know, past that, and God willing that I continue, then I can mentor other women and say, you know, this, this too shall pass. I was able to get over it, and you can too. If you work the steps, go to meetings, be of service, blah, blah, blah. And you got to work with other people, you know. You got to work with other people. Sponsor and be sponsored. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of bandwidth for support calls. uh, But, you know, texting with other people, I was able to do that. And, uh, and then, you know, as I'm getting better, you know, I feel that's your ICU, you know, that is you taking care of yourself and recognizing like, you know, I don't have a lot to give right now, you know, but I can do this. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm in the same, the same place. Yeah, it is. So listeners just know that this too shall pass. Whatever you're going through, it does not last forever. And that's with the good and the medium and things that are not so good. Right. Everything changes. That's right. Love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.sobersisterstalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.